0: We need to understand He is the way maker, the promise keeper, the healer, the miracle worker, because it actually jumps right into a message that's been mulling over my mind and my heart, and I titled it, Pain is Waiting to be Healed. Pain is Waiting to be Healed. If you have pain, it is literally waiting to be healed, you might think that pain is an everlasting pain or that pain is because of a sickness or a disease or 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 COVID or whatever it is. But I will guarantee you as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have pain, it is literally expecting and waiting to be healed. It knows that if this pain is in the body of a believer, that is only a season that it will be there. That this pain knows, uh, when it's in the body of a believer of Jesus Christ, that pain already understands uh, that it is not lifelong, it is waiting to be healed. Some of, our, some of you have experienced shame Fear of death, anxiety, or feelings of rejection that accompany physical sickness. There are many people that, that know Jesus, have great faith, that, that carry a physical sickness, and they start to feel shame that they carry the sickness. I want to declare to you, you should not feel shame of a sickness. You should not feel shame of a Christian. You should not feel shame as a son or a daughter of God. God has destined you and purposed you for the miraculous healing power of His name here today. Sickness does not only affect our physical bodies, but it also affects our emotional and our spiritual bodies. And that's what I want to open up and talk about here today. When I first started learning and studying more and more about God's heart of healing, I, I actually came from a, 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 ver, a staunch denominational background. My seminary was, was in that uh, denomination. And uh, you know, it's not that we didn't believe in, in healing, but we always believed if it's God's will. We always pray that way. We didn't really lay hands on that many people. I kind of grew up sort of not expecting the miracle to happen. And so years ago, when we were building Windward and and out evangelizing and ministering as missionary evangelists in Mexico, I started to ponder the miraculous. We got connected with a a church called Bethel out of Redding, California uh, in uh, in 2000, the year 2000. And I started to really ponder the miraculous because I was hearing all these miraculous testimonies. And so I started to study every single miracle I could find in Scripture. And it was tough, I'll be honest with you, when I was laying hands on people, even family members, even my own physical body, praying for the miracle and not seeing it happen. But yet my Bible says God wants to heal us. And so I was battling in my own theology and my own interpretation and understanding of why was this happening. And it was a difficult season for me. I, I, we saw crazy things and amazing things happening in the ministry. But the one thing that was, was not happening the way I was believing it should was the physical miracle. We saw them, but I want to see 100% of them. I want to see all of them like like Christ has called us to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. He doesn't say heal one out of a thousand. He says heal the sick. We're supposed to raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. In other words, see the leprosy flee from a body. And so as I was building in my faith for the miraculous, I still wasn't seeing it really happening a ton in the ministry, and I'm thinking, oh God, and I was getting a little confused with it. When I would pray for someone and they were not healed, I would cry out at home, oh God, oh God, why? And it actually started my own nature, my own understanding, and my own feeling of rejection in in some ways would start to not want to pray for a sick person. And pretty soon I I, I wanted to stop calling forward the sick. I just wanted to stay with evangelism of the Gospel and preach it. But you can't just preach the Gospel. You have to preach the fullness of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I remember years and years ago, 2000, 2001, and, and I'm like... oh. There's some sick over there. You know they're in a wheelchair. They're limping. So I'm going to stay over here. These people are standing vertical. Maybe they just want Jesus. God had to take me through a season that my faith wasn't reliant on the success of what I saw or didn't see. That my faith had to be reliant on Him alone. It wasn't my duty that the person would be healed or not. It was my duty to lay hands on the person with faith, believing the miracle was gonna happen. It was my duty to never, ever, ever pray without expecting the miracle. And then it's God's duty to heal them, not mine. Oh, I believe in the healing gift, absolutely. I believe that that there's many, many people on the face of this earth that God is expecting you to operate in your healing gift to go get those people healed, but I will guarantee you the ultimate miracle comes from Jesus Christ. So I started to really study the Bible more and more on every single miracle I could read. Let's turn to John chapter 9, starting in verse 1. I'm actually going to, I'm going to read a lot of this chapter, uh, just because I want you to get an understanding of the story. Verse 1, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? That verse 2, I'm going to later study it a bit more in depth to get an understanding of it. Verse 3, and Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, Jesus is talking here. Verse 6, and when he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. I'm going to pull that verse again here in just a little bit. Because <laughs> that's a radical verse. Verse 7, and Jesus said to him, go wash in the pool of shalom, which is translated scent. So go wash in the pool of of scent, not smell, but one that is being sent. Very interesting. And we'll open that up too. So he went and washed and came back seen. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? So remember that word begged. Is this not he? Is this not the, the kid, that, the child that was born blind uh, who sat and begged? Some said in verse 9, This is he. Others said, He is like him. They couldn't believe it. He sure looks like him, but it can't be him. He said, Because he heard them, I am he. Not like, oh, I am he. No, I am he. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, look, I can see. I, I have my whole life. And we know that he was the age of accountability. But my whole life, I've been blind. I can see. Of course it's me, you, you crazy people. Verse 10. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? You would think that miracle would radically change some perspectives in their minds. And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. He didn't say spit, but he said made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me. I want to point out that purpose. He didn't say he spit in the mud, a dirt, and made clay. There's a reason behind it, and I'll show that in a bit. And he said to me, "Go to the pool of Siloam and wash." So I went and washed, and I received sight. And they said to him, "Where is this man? Where is he?" And he said, "I do not know." Verse thirteen. So they brought him who was formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Uh oh. So they brought him to the religious rulers. Now, verse fourteen. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened the eyes. Oh, Jesus, why couldn't you have waited? Just not the Sabbath, because Jesus, you knew that wasn't politically correct. (laughs) Jesus wasn't here to be politically correct to the religious leaders. Verse 15, then the Pharisees also asked him again, how he had received a sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes. Notice he didn't say spit. He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Who on earth is blinder than a bat right now? Oh, the guy's lived his whole life. He's probably in his late teens or early 20s, possibly middle teens to early 20s. He's lived his whole life blind, and because it's the Sabbath, I'm going to say the Sunday, even though Saturday, but because it was the Sabbath, he shouldn't have been healed. How many of you know that on Sunday or the Sabbath, God wants you healed? Today, he wants you healed. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Oh yeah, the supernatural presence of God, it creates divisions. (laughs) The miraculous signs and wonders, it creates divisions, even within the religious rulers of the day. But the Jews did not believe, in verse 18, concerning him, that he had been blind and received a sight. They didn't even believe it. Until they called the parents of this kid, of this young man, of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he see? They're wording it in a way that brings great fear into his parents. His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. He is of the age of accountability. So ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue." Therefore, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. And so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> he answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I know that though I was blind, now I can see. In other words, uh, religious leaders, You can say whatever you want, and you can call him whatever you want, but I see, and I'm not going to follow what you're saying. I see. Verse 26, then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Interesting. He's being interrogated for his miracle. He's being interrogated for the opportunity that Jesus Christ did for him. I feel like that's happening today. We're being interrogated by our faith in our own countries. We're being interrogated in America, in Canada, both countries formed on moral, biblical, Christian values, and now we're being interrogated. Matter of fact, a prayer request goes out right now. It sounds like tomorrow the city of Langley could be meeting to decide whether or not some of the churches that have stayed open that have received fines for staying open, that they're going to lose their church taxation ability being voted on tomorrow by the city of Langley. Oh, I pray that they don't do that. But we're being interrogated as Christians. How did, verse 6 again, again, then they said to him again, what did he do to you? So what did, Jesus, what did this guy Jesus do to you? How, how did he open your eyes? And the man said, answered them in verse 27, I told you already. I, I told you already, guys. It hasn't changed. And you did not listen. Why did you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Ooh, that got them angry. I told you my miracle already. Maybe you're asking because you want to become a disciple of him. (laughs) I want to talk to our government right now. I told you already that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. He is the Savior of everyone who believes in him will be saved. He is the ultimate, this word is the ultimate rule, law, and structure of my life. Maybe you guys, the government, because you don't want us to meet in church, maybe you want to become his disciple. Ay, ay, ay. Verse 28. Then they reviled him. They got angry and said, You are his disciple. This guy wasn't a disciple of Jesus, he was soon to become one, though. But we are Moses' disciples. These guys are living in a 100% old covenant, which we know. Verse 29, we know know that God spoke to Moses as for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to him, why? This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. And since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone. Open the eyes of one who was born blind. Look at this miracle has never happened in all of the world, so it can't be happening now. I want to declare to everyone watching right now that we are walking into seasons of great miracles uh, that we might not have ever heard of before, but we are walking into seasons where the revelational understanding of the Word of God is coming alive in our hearts, uh, and we will walk as miraculous miracle workers watching signs and wonders Everywhere we go. Verse 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and you are teaching us? He's t- they're talking to the, the healed blind man. You were completely born in sins. And you're teaching us? And they cast him out. They cast him out for a miracle. I tell you what, Jesus could have just healed the guy by his spoken word, he could have just said, Be healed. But no, in this story, Jesus did it a different way. He healed by spitting in the dirt. (laughs) Spitting was seen and still is as rude, vulgar, the worst expression or the worst comment you could make. If you're angry at someone and you get so angry, you spit in their face. (sighs) Yeah, that wouldn't go over too well in our politically correct world right now. Well, unless you're the left doing it to the right, me. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But this story—he spits in the ground. Why would Jesus risk the possibility of being misunderstood, or the possibility of being politically incorrect? Why would Jesus risk it? Even the disciples, they figured that the man being born blind was from his own sinner's parents. Again, in John 9, 2, it says, and his disciples asked him, asked Jesus, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Because they are using the old covenant perspective and understanding. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 28 to 29, Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 28. The Lord, this is is actually curses on disobedience. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of hearts. This is talking about parents that are worshiping false gods. That he will strike you and your children with blindness and confusion of heart, verse 29. And you shall grope at noonday, in darkness, you shall not prosper. In other words, you will be a beggar, a blind beggar. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall not you shall be only oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. Ha ha of all the people Jesus is going to heal on the Sabbath is a blind beggar that everybody around him blamed his parents for some sin of worshiping a false god. And one of the things that happened in the Jewish culture at this time of the miracle is that when people saw a blind child that was born from birth, one of the things they did in mockery and condemning his parents and him was they would walk by and spit on him. The worst of the worst things you could do. But they felt in Jewish culture at that time that if they spit on it, they were cursing the child, basically saying, I am holier than thou. imagine a little boy, from the time he could remember, people would walk by him and spit on him. Can you imagine a life of being cursed by people spitting on you, which is usually always why they wore a shawl? even the men, over their heads and totally covered because of the spit. Imagine what his parents felt. Literally being condemned. And because of their sin, the child was born blind. So what does Jesus do? Jesus used the same thing that the world used to curse this man his whole life. He used the exact same thing to heal him. (laughs) I want to tell you today, whatever the world is cursing you or me, God wants us to use it in our miracle today. Jesus spitting on the ground. Can you imagine what this blind man, he didn't see him spitting, but he would have heard him. To make clay, Jesus probably didn't spit once. (sniffs) 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 Who knows, maybe the blind man was touching his clothes. Is it on me? Is it coming to me? And Jesus, as he spit enough to make this dry dirt into a moldable clay, And he gets on his hands and his knees and he's molding. There must have been such a, I'll say, a righteous anger rising up in him. And I bet all of heaven was rejoicing. Yeah, Jesus, go! Jesus, spit, spit, spit! I don't know what they were doing. And this righteousness in him was taking every spit of the world, every accusation, every curse against him and against his family. And Jesus was taking those words, that spit, and making mud, a clay, because he's the master potter. And he takes that clay and smears it onto the blind man's eye. and he says go to the pool of scent to be sent because what i'm doing here today won't make you coward it will push you to be a scent one of my name But you see, the blind man was not only physically blind, he was emotionally blind. He was spiritually dead. He was devastated, man. But Jesus doesn't just care about your physical healings, but also about your emotional and spiritual healings to lead you into restoration. Physical, emotional, And spiritual by man's choice, that spiritual side. He healed all three parts of this man today. John chapter 9, verse 35. So Jesus heard what they had cast. So Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, so these people had cast the blind man out of the presence of the synagogue because they believed Jesus was demonic? I don't know. And so Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and he went to find this man. I want to tell you, if you feel like you've been cast out, Jesus is looking to find you today. And when he had found him, when Jesus found this man, Jesus said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Verse 36, and the man answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Verse 37, and Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you now. I added now. Verse 38, and then he, this blind man, said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. You see, a physical miracle is being done to lead a sinner into an emotional and a spiritual choice of healing in his life. The interesting thing about physical, emotional, and the spiritual healing, if one of the three gets healed or restored, it will change the other's effect. If the physical gets healed, the emotional becomes joyful. I have never in all our years of ministry watching people get healed that they didn't immediately, emotionally get joy. They emotionally got joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that joy always led to the opportunity to accept and grow spiritually by learning and believing on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I have never, if I can recall in all our thousands and thousands of people that have received Jesus and thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands that have been healed, I never have recalled that if they didn't know Jesus before their miracle, that they didn't receive Jesus after they were healed. They all did. They all did. Because <laughs> it's a pattern. What if the spiritual is brought into sonship? So let's say you're spiritual. Let's say you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and, and the spiritual side of, your, of you is now healed in the identity of knowing you are son or daughter of the King. Then immediately, your spiritual triggers your emotional, and your emotional will love, understand the love as a son, as a daughter, and it will lead down to the physical, and the physical will no longer have the effect in your life as it would have if you were unsaved. If the emotional lives in the joy of the Lord, it will then strengthen and align the spiritual as sons and daughters, and the physical will have no effect or be healed. For a fire to burn, it needs three sources, fuel, heat, and oxygen. Take one of these three sources out, and you have no fire. Put all three together, bam, you have fire. I believe the spiritual healing uh, is like oxygen in a fire. The emotional healing is the joy that you live in. That's the fuel of the fire, and the physical miraculous is the heat of the fire. You have spiritual oxygen, joy fuel, and miraculous heat. You are on fire. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Acts 3, verse 1. Now I, Peter and John, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, from where? From birth. This man was lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful. Imagine being laid every day, lame from birth, being laid, your friends are picking you up and taking you every single day to the temple called beautiful. (laughs) To ask alms for those who entered the temple. He was put in the temple of beautiful, not for the miracle, but to beg from the people. Verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he would ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And so the lame man gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He's expecting money. But verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, (laughs) rise up and walk. How many of you would rather get 50 cents put into your hands or get the miraculous healing in your body? And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength and so he leaped what did he do so he leaping up you see the physical miracle led to an emotional joy leaping up he stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and spiritually praising god all three parts of that man were healed by the disciples. God wants us to be whole, not just well. It's great when you get a physical miracle of healing. Absolutely, that makes you well. But actually, God wants us whole, tri dimensionally. He wants us whole whole body soul and spirit spiritual emotions emotions spiritual emotional and physical the amazing thing for a believer is that your emotional joy and spiritual sonship does not depend on your physical healing for a sinner a physical healing Radically opens the door to a spirit an emotional joy and the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ spiritually. But if you're already saved and know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your emotional joy and your spiritual well-being never depends on your physical body. If it does, then you've let the physical Overpower your spiritual and emotional. I want to declare here today God is more concerned about your spiritual and emotional healing because that is what lives forevermore. Oh, He's concerned about your physical too, absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind we have walked into a fresh season of miraculous healings. This blind man, he was healed where his hurt was. Pain of people spitting on him. Where he hurt is where his miracle lied. I want to encourage you today. If there's something that has hurt you or you're living in hurt, let me tell you, your spiritual and emotional healing is there. Because your pain crying out for the miracle. Just as we see in in these stories, these testimonies of the Bible that we read today. God is a redeemer of all things. That very area that has caused you pain is the very area that God wants to heal you, not just physically but emotionally and spiritually right now. The blind man asked for physical healing that he might see again. But what Jesus wanted to do was risky and crazy, but was exactly what the man needed to receive wholeness instead of just a partial healing. I believe the spit of that day was a powerful thing. It took the condemnation of man and it made a clay that became the healing substance of the miraculous. I want to encourage you all today, right now. Any condemnation of man or woman, any words that have been spoken against you, any lack of identity that you carry, any pain of feeling abandoned and lonely, right now, your healing is in the middle of that. It's in the middle of that storm. And Jesus Christ is knocking right now, saying, I am the Savior, I am the way, the truth maker you today, right now, because today is a day of your wholeness. Be wholly healed spiritually, emotionally, and physically in the name of Jesus Christ, the most beautiful King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's wanting to pour out His love on you and on me right now. Pour out His presence. Pour out His healing power. Pour out and make you whole again. All three parts of you, physical, emotional, and spiritual, Today is the day, today is the day, Siri is saying, let me know if there's something else I can help you with, uh-uh. Siri can't help you and help me, this is the way, the truth, Jesus Christ. And no man, no woman enters the kingdom of God without him. Don't pull away in fear. Instead, embrace what God's doing in you right now. Even if he's saying to you, Something weird that seems kind of crazy. Maybe he's saying you, get out of your chair and get on your knees right now. And your mind is like, well, I'm at home all by myself, that kind of dumb. No, it's not. Maybe he's spitting in the dirt. For you and for me right now. I want to encourage you that if you have a physical illness... It is also causing emotional pain. I know that I know as I was in prayer for this message. I know that I know as I was in prayer for this day. I know that I know God wants to heal you tri-dimensionally right now. Right now. If you believe that, just put your hand on your heart right now. Maybe if you have a pain or an illness or sickness in your body, Put one hand on your heart and one hand on the pain, area of pain. Because I pray right now, a release for the breakthrough in Jesus' name. A release of your kingdom come and your will be done, Father. On earth, on us, in us, as it is in heaven right now. I pray, Lord God, that we as believers will never walk without our spiritual understanding, identity, that we are sons and daughters of the King. And that we will never let our emotional life die. Instead, we will choose joy, joy, joy of the Lord as our strength. And as we live in our identity as sons and daughters, uh, we get to say, you physical body, be healed now in Jesus' name. And if you're watching here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you right now. The greatest miracle that has ever happened was Jesus' resurrection. From the dead over two thousand years ago. And John 3:16 is so clear. Oh Jesus, I pray if you right now are watching and need Jesus. Pray this for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who would ever believe on Him? Would not die, but will have everlasting life. If you know Jesus, but you've been feeling depressed or backslidden, living a life of a sinner, I want to declare to you that today is your day made just for you to receive Jesus again breathe the fresh air of his presence of the Holy Spirit. Get your spiritual life in order. and It'll bring you joy emotionally. And you watch the miracles that will happen in your life. And so Father God, this is the day that you have made And this day that you made, I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. This day, when Justin was earlier talking about the sword of fire, and I saw in the Spirit that when the victorious king or general would take over the general or king of the enemy. They would take the enemy's sword and in a show of victory, they would drive it into the ground to show that the ground we now stand on is the ground Claimed in victory. And I want to declare to every one of you watching right now that the ground you stand on was paid for in victory blood by Jesus Christ. And that blood, I was listening to one of the songs of worship this morning, that blood flowed down the tree and choked and drowned choked out the devil know that the blood of jesus christ is choking out your devils right now for you have freedom and victory in jesus christ you're in my living lord and savior be blessed amen